0: got divorced. It's me, Beth, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this interview that I did with Alicia Robertson. She is an author, divorce coach. She's just this incredible light in the world, and she's basically helping women who are in, you know, all stages of divorce and the divorce process, and as you'll find out in the episode, you know, it's something that, I've considered a lot is that you know divorce isn't really about the actual divorce. I mean that's such a small part of the process. It's really the transformation that you make in the process, right? Like it's all the things that you learn about yourself, you learn about you know what it is that you want, and you just grow so much. Like that's that's what it is. That's the journey. And so I was actually when I was editing our interview, I was actually feeling a little bit emotional and I think it was because, you know, I've realized how far I've come and I realize like how much I've grown. And even now just like talking about it, I'm, I'm just feeling very <laughs> like emotional about it because it's a big deal, right? Like that growth that you have because of something like a divorce, it's a big deal like it it changed my life in such a like positive way that I could have never known like if I could go back and tell myself you know four years ago that you know you're not even going to recognize yourself you're not even going to you're not even really going to be the same person in some ways I think I wouldn't have believed it because you know, that's just not where I was at that point in my life. Anyway, I just felt so energized by this conversation, this interview, and Alicia has so many great resources. She has a Facebook group, she has like a course. She just has so many resources for women who are going through divorce. And Yeah, I'm just so excited for you to listen to this episode. Here it is. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to So I Got Divorced. I am super excited because I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Alicia Robertson. She's an author, speaker, and trained life and divorce coach who helps recently separated women through her business called Lemonade Life. She knows exactly how devastating it is to hear the words, I want a divorce. Her mission is to change the narrative around divorce and provide support and guidance with the ultimate goal of helping as many women as possible, which is a pretty amazing goal if I do say so
1: myself. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you, Beth. This shared mission that we have, a purpose that we've come together for. (laughs) One of the things
0: that I saw on your website was um, that you work specifically with women because you're trying to build that aspect of like sisterhood through divorce.
1: And I really, really like that. Thank you. You know what? The other thing is that, you know, my experience is as a woman who has traveled the journey. And as you know, divorce is never about the divorce or the one thing right that might be the tipping point or the final decision and where that comes from but it's about all the other things along the way and so so much of my story has to do with being the good daughter the good community leader the good student the good wife the good mother right and totally getting wrapped up in all these labels and identities and being completely depleted and my marriage being the rock bottom but truly that like hey, things are not good. And so Mm. this is the experience where you're going to start to be able to finally discover who you are and what you want and build that courage to go for it. And so that's why at this point I've decided, I get asked all the time because my signature program is unwife and the ladies are always like, do you have an (laughs) unhusband, (laughs) unhubs? That is so interesting
0: because I always say that divorce is the gift that I didn't know that I needed. Like, it just gave me the second chance at, like, my life. Um, But anyway, okay, let's start at the beginning. Okay, how did you get started with Lemonade Life and all the things?
1: Yeah, so Lemonade Life is such an expression and a process of what was very personal and professional. So while I was going through my divorce, I felt very isolated. I didn't feel as though I had resources that really fit my needs. My needs are, you know, I, I have I'm a growth mindset, a positive attitude, mindfulness. If I see someone that is doing great things and having goodness in their life, I want to hang out with them. I want to learn from them. I want to be around aspirational people so that I can start to learn the skills that seem to come naturally or that they have practiced themselves. And so I didn't find those spaces. Even in circles, it was, you know, the gossip, the venting, the shaming, the blaming, and it just didn't serve me getting to the vision I wanted for my co-parenting and for my new family dynamic or for me to be a whole healed person to do what I wanted to and to live how I wanted to live for myself. So I was working with my former partner. And so when we went through our separation, I was out of a job. And so I'd always done organizational development, executive coaching, strategic planning with teams. And so I wanted to do it in a more mindful way. So I went back to school and that's where I, you know, became a life coach with the neuroscience and positive psychology. So you see, I was really carving out what was this personal space and going through this personal journey and also, you know, learning what I could do next for myself professionally. And I really wanted to write a book to be able to help women to have a roadmap or, you know, a way that they could go through this without having the isolation that I felt. And that first book turned into a digital course that is now the online educational program that is Unwife. And I decided you know, when I was going out to, you know, see if there was an appetite for this book, there was so much, you know, people really desired a community like this. And so now 30,000, you know, women later who are a part of this community are what Lemonade Life is. And it's all about that community, that connection and coaching, but to go through it in that, you know, intentional way with people that are positive and mindful and growth mindset, Right. Yeah, And that's how Lemonade Life came to be. It was all the things I was looking for and couldn't find.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's incredible. So it sounds like you had this like positive mindset even before you got divorced. So it was something that part of like your life and your outlook on life. When did that start?
1: Honestly, it's always everything I've ever done that has been hard or challenging or difficult. I've always just channeled those skills that come naturally to me, which was handle it like a business or handle it like a project right there's transferable skills in life you know you've got your soft skills those behaviors and then those those hard skills you know i am good at project management i'm resourceful i'm you know i'm i'm a multitasker i you know i'm a negotiator right i can manage expenses and budgets so i always have approached anything new and challenging with that type of mindset okay this is a job this is a new job a new project but i can learn how to do this and apply the skills and build a team around me for the skills i may not have, right? Or don't desire to do. <laughs> and so that's that was no different, you know, of course in the beginning was so much of the beginning stages of grief and you know i was well supported with my therapist and with a real inner circle of people and went through really dark times. And so there was an incredible amount of healing and grieving to be done, but when i was in a, you know, more of a space of acceptance, then i could really flip into okay, I got this and you know what the other thing is I and it's just it is in my DNA and it is from my upbringing thank goodness to my parents you know it's like don't cry over spilt milk (laughs) pull up your bootstraps Sally all these things yeah you know it just is we are so grateful and so blessed for so many things we do have and so to really not get into that victim space or the martyr space which is the narrative that's available to us in the story but to really rise above.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so you've talked about a couple of things and like the healing process that happened like after divorce. Can you tell us a little bit more about the divorce and sort of, you know, what was happening that all led to Lemonade
1: Life? Yeah, so I would say the first year, and you know what, this is so important. I love to, you know, manage expectations, you know, in all these conversations, you know, I'm seven years later. And so, and it has been an incredible, it's effort and in its intentional consciousness in every thought, in every spoken word, in every choice, it is a practice. It's still a practice for me. And so people often think, well, I should be here. I should be further along. I should be able to do this faster. And I thought all those things myself, but it's a personal journey. And I was, I mean, if we're really honest and you look back, I mean, my partnership, my marriage had been struggling for years and we just didn't realize how much and how unequipped we were with any skills or tools to be able to work on those things. So, and and we just were so busy, right? The light at the end of the tunnel, Oh, when we get finished this or, or the excuses, well, it's a busy time with new babies. So therefore this is an okay space. So there was always the justifying, there always seemed to be a reason for it. And so that you know, year, I was a year, a solid year in that limbo, that devastating grief, that debilitating grief, where, because I was unaware that it was coming, you know, really in, in my face. So when I heard those words, it was a sucker punch to the gut. It was as though my spouse had died in that moment. And I was grieving and I was in denial. I was in bargaining and I was there for a while, you know, can I save this? Is there anything I could do or say, to, you know, bring this back around. I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I really never prayed on the regular (laughs) before that moment. It was just, I was grasping at anything that could perhaps keep this together. And it was a real exercise of, you know, there was low moments where I was, you know, on the floor, if I could have left and escaped my life, I would have, but I had these two young babies. So I stayed. And then finally coming through that, you know, and still working with the sadness, the anger, right. And then coming to a place of acceptance. So the beginning is tough. I work with women on both sides, those that are, you know, blindsided by it, who have not called it and do not desire to be walking this path and others that have called it. And I think that for what I see on both sides is we all go through this journey of grief and loss and massive change it's just that for those of us that have called it, it may have started a lot sooner. And I have some women who would have said 12 years, right? 20 Mm. years, three years. It's so personal, but we all can relate to this feeling of grief, right? For this partnership that we hoped or wished would be and is not.
0: I definitely went through a period of deep, deep grief. And even something that I've been talking about recently in therapy is like, I don't think I like fully grieved my divorce. And it's been like four years. I think I was in survival mode for so long that I did not allow myself to go there. But something that I'm still working on, you know, like I I want it to get come out.
1: It's forever. I mean, it's forever. I still, we talk about the two, it's totally normal. It's not a linear path. Right. Right. And it's so normal to feel joy and sadness simultaneously when you're going through these things. Right. And there's just these moments. I still have them where I'm just so sad for the loss of what I had hoped would be the family that never was, you know, and I still go through all of those things as well. There's some songs I'm sure you find, I'll be driving and poof, tears come up. Oh. There's, there's, there's yeah. my grief. There's opportunity for learning and healing in that. But you know, the other thing that we've been talking about a lot, and I don't know if, if you've talked about this, it's a different kind of grief. That's really hard to work through because it's what's called disenfranchised grief. Ah. And that, do you know that are familiar with that where, you know, culturally, we don't know how to process grief that is not death and dying, right? We know how to support people through that. We sort of go, okay, you're, you're allowed this amount of time and you're allowed to do these crazy things or not crazy, you know? And we sort of, yeah. we, where all these other things, it could be job loss. It could be empty nesting, like just a different mm-hmm. transition or phase in life. It could be loss of a pet, right? Mm-hmm. Miscarriages, whatever that is, right? A change in identity or status in our life. Divorce relationship status is no different. This is grieving that really doesn't have a mainstream way of supporting one another through it. And so there's more isolation, there's more judgment, there's more depression, it takes longer, because we don't have those outlets to be supported through it. And it's such an important conversation, because we are getting stalled in oh, you moved on too fast. Oh, you're not moving on fast enough. Oh, what do you mean? It's been five years. Look at you. You're living your best life. Like all these judgments. Right. But it really doesn't allow us to be supported in what truly is grief.
0: Totally. I mean, I think what you said about feeling so isolated after divorce, like that resonates with me so much. And it wasn't because I had a lack of support from like family and friends and, you know, like coworkers. It was more because no one had gone through the divorce process and could support me in that way or even have any concept of, you know, what I was going through. And so, right, that was sort of my intention with starting this podcast was like, I want to be a support to other women who are going through divorce.
1: Yeah, You know what's awesome, Beth, and I'm sure you're finding it. I have so many people who are supporting others Mm -hmm. who are going through the divorce, who are putting up their hand and going, I'm finding this information so valuable because how can I support my friends and family in a positive way or in a way that's meaningful because those people just don't know how to do it. Yeah. And so it's just so meaningful on both sides. I even get, you know, therapists, trained professionals, lawyers, where they're like, yes, I help people to go through these things, but I myself have never been through
0: Mm -hmm. divorce. Yeah, I think just taking away sort of the fear in even saying the word divorce is like huge because it's almost like seeing Voldemort in Harry Potter. Like you're not supposed to say his name. Like you're not supposed to talk about divorce. We don't talk about Bruno. Like, you know, like you're (laughs) supposed to like pretend like it's not a thing, but it it very much is.
1: So true. I couldn't say the word divorce for like a year and a half.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It wasn't in my, my language and it wasn't in, it was, there was so much shame right around it, that it was something that I just didn't feel was me. And I didn't want to be, I don't know. It's just so, so bizarre. I could say separated first before I say divorce. Okay. And even now I I choose to say, use language like uncoupled Mm. or my former partner. I don't actually say divorce very often. My next life, things like that.
0: So before your partner or your former partner sort of said, like they wanted to get a divorce. Had you thought about divorce at all?
1: No, 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 no. I, I am the only person in my family to this day who has gone through divorce. It mm-hmm. was never remodeled for me. My yeah. upbringing was you are married for life through thick yeah. and thin and you make it work till death do us part. Yeah. So it was never an option. And that's why I think for me, um, despite the fact that we both recognized that things were not perfect or not were where they were in a healthy way for us um at that point in time, I would have never had the courage to call it. Mm. You know that just wasn't an available option for me mm-hmm. and so because for me, that would have meant I had surely failed. You know, or wasn't perfect or didn't measure up, all those things, all those judgments that I had for myself. And so that's why I always say, you know, it takes courage to stay in it and it takes courage to get out of it.
0: Totally. That was one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about is having been on the side of divorce, of like really being the one who decided like I wanted to get a divorce and having the perspective of being on the other side of, you know, someone else telling you they want a divorce because. I mean, obviously, right, like you were saying, there are some of the things that are similar, grieving, shame, guilt, you know, having your life sort of turned upside down, regardless of what it looked like before or, you know, your family situation, whether you have kids or not. So I just think it's really interesting to see where things are like coinciding on our journeys.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I have to say, I have so much respect for either person on either side of the equation, but I always share because, you know, the ladies that I work with who are calling it have so much guilt, right. And so much um, sadness or desire to help their families through this. And you know what I always share what is from my perspective is that, you know what, it's kind of like, knowing something's wrong, you know, going to the doctor, something's off with your health, and it could be the worst news in the entire world. But when the doctor finally tells you what it is, somehow there's a sense of calm, because now you can have control, you can plan, you can move forward as bad as it is, you can do those things. And when my partner was able to do the courageous act of calling it to speak truth into existence, it was the most compassionate And humane thing he could do for me. Because so many partners live in in sort of they're not truth, right? Mm -hmm. And and sort of keep it going for so long, thinking that they're doing good by the other person because they don't want to hurt someone, when in fact they just might be afraid of conflict and speaking truth. And so I so respected that he did me that, that 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 was a for me, it was an act of integrity and dignity and so though it was really hard obviously for me to process this I was able to know where I stood and to have control to be able to move forward and I think that though he was the one to express that first calling it for a year we we, you know we sort of were in this limbo and trying to figure out how and what and where and finally you know I had said to him yeah, it's time. And always this time with divorces, right? We have to go public, like share the dirty little secret. Even though okay. we you know, we've been living in separation for a while now and do all yeah. things, but somehow going public is the the real like line of the say it gets real now. This yeah. is happening because I felt us just becoming ill, the anxiety, mm-hmm. the illness, you know. And so it's interesting because I always say to my clients, it sort of matter not how you get here. It hurts because it matters in terms of your personal journey. And that's something to work on and heal through. But in terms of how we arrive here, it's about both being accountable and responsible that we both had a role to play in this. Mm -hmm. And how do we move forward with integrity, even in sharing this news? So I just share that with you because, you know, I think that for those of us myself in the beginning, yes, I wanted to blame him. I wanted to shame him, I wanted to control and to manipulate, and I wanted that fall guy, and then it, you know, just came to be that it was actually I decided. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to forgive. <laughs> That's what I did. I went to my journal. I was going to forgive him for doing this to me, right? And I started to write, and I'm telling you, you know those ugly cries where you're writing your journal and you can't even see it, and the page is getting wet. Yeah. And I realized that my forgiveness wasn't with him, it was with me. Mm. I was the only person who really got myself to this place.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. And it's really interesting when you talk about being in that space of, you know, limbo, you said, because my situation was a little bit different in that I fled first and then I decided to get a divorce. So it was a little bit different. But what you're saying about, you know, like finally telling friends and family or making it public made it seem very real. And I definitely like being the one who said I wanted to get a divorce, I wanted to make my ex the bad guy, you know, but I was forced also to eventually like look at what role I had in, you know, things just not working. So, I mean, that's what I say about like divorce being the gift that I didn't know that I needed is like, I needed to look at myself and have that like introspection and like, figure out like what I need to do differently. So I don't do that again.
1: I totally agree. And, you know, this is one of the first things I'll meet with clients with, well, it wasn't my choice. So how can I tell people that, you know, we have decided to do this or, you know, and we want to point fingers and we don't want to be the ones to hold the, the you know, that burden. And we want to, again, you know, just push it off onto someone else. And I always, this is the greatest gift. I think to people, it's like, you know, when you're sharing news with anyone, this is personal and we, and we get fall into the, this the CD narratives of all of it. But this is personal. And what people need with our decision and with our news is to be informed and know what to do with it. So it's like focused on the circumstance. You know what? We have decided to uncouple and focus on our role as co parents or to focus on our role as friends. That's it. That actually is the situation, right? Right. Those are the facts. If we stick to facts. And what is needed is that, you know what? We need you to support us as you always have. And so that's the important part. Right. And, and that sort of starts to sit well with people. Oh, okay. I can find my integrity and my truth in that and save the, you know, the gossipy venti stuff for just one or two people. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. 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 So going back to like how you work with clients, what is like something, cause I imagine like clients come to you in like various stages of divorce, the divorce process or after, what's something that you're really seeing that, you know, almost everyone is working on through that
1: process. So this is the the stuff I love to talk about. This is the (laughs) stuff that grows with you. Okay. So everybody comes to me and they're like, it's divorce. How do I do divorce? I want to do divorce really great, which is awesome. But like I said, it's a project. You can manage it. You're capable. You know, we get you moving quickly through that actually what I am so passionate to coach on and what I've always coached on with women is the emotional intelligence stuff. With all women, I find at the root of all of this is self-worth, healthy boundaries, communication, and confidence. And so this work is really about, you know, finally, like you said, this is an epic do-over. I'd like to learn all of the things And it starts with absolutely knowing who you are, what you want, and having the courage to go for it. And so we practice these skills that for the first time for many of us ever, or for some of us just in our new spaces that we're going to be speaking up for our, our new selves, our new needs. And so it is about identity and values and belief systems, our environment, our capabilities. It's about all of that. And that is my practice every day, every month, every year. And so this is the journey really when, why I say don't let divorce and this project define you it's temporary Mm. live in parallel because that's the stuff you can start doing right away. And that's for life that's sustained. Yeah. What are
0: some things that you work with your clients to like improve confidence and boundaries and communication? Like what are some things that help clients?
1: Yeah. So we really do, you know, we work on really, truly understanding what are our our values, right? Those three Mm -hmm. to five words that are governing code of conduct. And then we look at, you know, it's like an inventory. This is an opportunity to do an inventory for life in all the the categories of life that matter to you, social, uh, romantic, you know educational and learning, career, finances and you know any of the areas that matter, how are we establishing goals that are going to be in alignment with our values and then being able to get into action with being able to really have a plan and to communicate for what we need in order to get there. And it's pretty magical. It happens really quickly. That's awesome. Yeah, in terms <laughs> of being able to, you know, really live, live your best life. I was going to mention in that, you know, in terms of once we know who we are and what we want out of life, the rest becomes a practice of really coordinating, right? Establishing what are the priorities to make that happen so that you can establish boundaries for all the spaces that you can control, right? Your time, your choices, your calendar, right? All of those spaces to be very intentional with how you choose to spend your time. And if it's serving your highest good, if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, attracting you to your core values, or if it's depleting you from those core values. And we do quick check-ins, right? Like in the group. And I love these, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, where are you at today? Right? Oh, it's a five. Okay. Why just have a little bit of awareness. Where would you like to be? Oh, I'd like to be an eight. Okay. How can we get there? Mm. And because we're so clear on the things that fill our cup, we can really start to go, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to need some movement or I'm going to need some space or whatever that looks like for you in that moment. How do you live inspired and in full color all the time? It's yeah. pretty accessible, right? But we just sometimes make it a bigger process or deal than it needs to be. And that seems
0: so empowering, right? Like it's a much more empowered way to like live your life and have awareness of what makes you happy and what fills your cup up. And like when you need rest or whatever
1: it is you need. (laughs) It's true. It's that like, you know, we talk about this and I'm sure you remember when you're going through massive change. And and with grief, self-care looks differently, right? Mm -hmm. Self-care really is the easy stuff, the accessible stuff. It is breathing, hydrating, nourishment. It is having an environment that feels safe and comfortable, incense and candles and maybe quotes and affirmations. It's really simple things that do a lot. And what I love about it is that self-care is about self-worth, actually. Because for so many of us, we have not even prioritized ourselves for the little things. And so building, doing these little priorities for ourselves every day builds that self-worth. And as we focus on just that, and the self-worth starts to elevate, the energy starts to lift. And then we start attracting more of what we want just so naturally and organically. You know, sometimes I think there's a lot of buzz out there in terms of, you know, we've got to work out three times a day, we've got to have, you know, eight hours of sleep, it doesn't always work that way, and it's not available to us. And it's okay to choose rest, it's okay to choose movement, instead of, you know, working out or hitting the gym. So it's okay, right. And, and I, and I love that about this journey.
0: There's just so much, like, so many good things that, I mean, I want to say that, like, had I learned these things before I got divorced, maybe my divorce wouldn't have happened. But I actually don't think, like, I would have, like, my life wouldn't have turned out the way that it is now. And Mm -hmm. I really love this, like, trajectory that my life is on. And, like, so, you know, so much growth has just happened because of divorce. Right. My thing is, like, I I view divorce as, like, a really good thing. <laughs> and yeah. I know that's
1: like controversial. <laughs> well, I think that here's the deal. Here's what I say. You know what? Shoulda, woulda, coulda's don't matter anymore because it's in the past. And so we want to focus on, you know, being here and moving forward. I know that myself, I could not have seen or solved for the things that I needed to solve for within my marriage. Because I just, in that space, I was so enmeshed in that codependence and people pleasing and everything that was of my value system that unfortunately had become quite toxic. It's like a toxic positivity, right? It's not that Mm -hmm. it's all bad things. It's just that I wasn't using them to the greatest good for myself first. And then in turn for the partnership. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, we can go back and go, if I knew now, right. If I knew then what I now. But the thing is, we weren't able to do it then. And I think that for me, I needed to be outside of the partnership to go on this journey to become who I am meant to become. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. People would always say to me, right? They always, well, do you think you'll reconcile or do you think you'll get back together? And I knew from the bottom of my heart, hey, nothing's off limits. Nothing's off the table. Life works in mysterious ways. But I'll tell you, it's a full stick of dynamite. <laughs> there's no, there's no like, okay, well, we went through that. That was challenging. Now we're just, no, no, no. It would be years later. And after we were completely different humans. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's so funny um, that people ask you that. Um, I know. Interesting to think about though.
1: Yeah. I just, it, it's interesting because I kind of don't believe in do-over. So that's sort of how I answer that one. Like, why, why are you going to go do the thing again? Yeah. But he did the thing. Yeah. But, but you know what, having said that we've had people come through our community that have reconciled. Oh And yeah. So just to your point, it's, it's like, however, this is meant to work out. What matters is personal success. Mm. The relationship should be enhancing your personal success. And if the two of you can find a way to become fully healed, you know, responsible, accountable people to your hundred percent and you come together and you can do fabulous. Right. And that's why I always say to, you know, women who are, you know, going through contemplating and stuff, it's like, are, have you done the personal work? Because oftentimes it's the personal work that matters. Yes. You know, and then, and then there's a big difference, you know, if you're doing the personal work and the other person doesn't want to do the work, well, there you have your answer too. I mean, you can move a couch across the room with one person, but it's real hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally. One thing that you mentioned earlier was your course called Unwife. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell me more about like just that naming of your program or your course and like symbolically
1: what that means? Oh my gosh. I was writing, was part of writing the book and other, you know, um blogs and just there's so much always in my mind in terms of, you know, content and things that I want to say. And it really was just a flippant, you know, I gotta get myself unwifed, you know? It's like <laughs> yes. one of these urban dictionary things. Like I love the urban dictionary, like, well, you know. Yeah. And uh and and it was just it stuck. It really stuck. And it's it's fun, but the the seriousness behind it or or how I had used it and I still use it. It is this codependent side of things, right? Where my identity and my purpose had really become that of wife, you know, and that of mom. So in the course, we really talk about what it does mean to unwife, because even in the beginning, while you're going through this and you might no longer be together physically, um, you still have those very knee-jerk reactions and autopilot responses to problem solve, to caretake, to caregive, to enable, to justify, to make excuses, to do all of these things because it's old patterns and it's old identities. It's a long, you know, it's an old dance, right, That, that you've been doing. And so it really is about uncoupling, unwifing, you know, becoming your own independent self without the label, right? If not wife, who am I?
0: Is that a, like a one-on-one coaching or is that?
1: um... Yeah. So that is, so it's, it's a blend. So that is um, my, my most intensive and interactive program and I love it. So there's a digital course that Mm -hmm. you can, you know, go as you can, because all the rest of life is still happening. And then there's weekly group coaching where we sit together in sisterhood, right. And really be able to support one another. And then we have a private Facebook group. And then I also do one-to-one coaching and strategy calls with each of the ladies who come in. So it's a real opportunity to have, you know, an independent customized path and plan. And also I, I hear all the time from the ladies, Oh my gosh, I wish I knew this sooner. I'm not crazy. I love being around people who get it and they hold space for that group coaching call every week and many of them have now formed friendships on the side. So, it's just it's really and and the ladies are, you know, like I said, whether they're contemplating, whether they're in separation, whether they're divorced, whether yeah. they have young children or adult children, we're able to talk about all the things because though we are not going to be defined by divorce, this is an experience that is with us forever. Mm -hmm. And through all the ages and stages, right? It's not just one massive change and done. So I love that. I love that we can just learn from one another. And it allows us to have more compassion as we move through and work with other people, you know, in our support network. So that's super fun. I, and, and that is, I have to say, that is a program that what I have come to see is that women are powerful. They're brave. They're beautiful. They're brilliant, you know, and it's just about finding ways to do that in a healthy way. Sometimes we get into the depletion and the burnout using all of those things to serve everybody else, (laughs) but ourselves. Do you help? women who
0: are ready to sort of move on from being divorced and like making that shift from like wife to unwife and like ready to like get out on the dating scene like what does that look like
1: yes I love that I we have stuff for career transition because a lot of us are going through career Mm -hmm. transition or having to add to whatever it is that we're doing because now you know financial independence looks differently Mm -hmm. um dating yes we talk about all the things, um, blended families, new partners um, with our former partners, right? Um, Mm. All all the things that are life beyond divorce. Dating, uh, I think, again, so you can well imagine as I'm talking about this, I think there is a very specific, healthy way (laughs) to approach dating and new partnerships because these are still new skills that we're practicing. And so to be able to thoughtfully really take stock before we dip our toe into that world, I think makes an incredible difference for finding partnerships that matter. And I did, I did a little, I've done the date online dating. I've done the organic dating and I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. I think it can be a lot of fun and a lot of learning and really just a great experience. I, again, we hear of all the negative stuff, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dating after divorce is something that I did pretty soon after divorce. And my therapist at the time was like, hmm, you know, they say there's like, you know, like patience and like waiting or like, <laughs> I forget what she said. And I was like, hmm, okay. But I re- I came to realize like I was not ready to be in any sort of relationship <laughs> at that time. I was like, oh, that was probably good advice. She was very gently saying like, maybe you should wait. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's like, Hey, listen, you know, my, so my bestie was going through this at the same time and she was DTF. Like she was like, you know, right. She was doing it that way. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, hold up in my room, you know, a yogi (laughs) on a mat meditating (laughs) and, you know, and I just, I didn't feel safe at the time at all. The other thing too, is that, and I talk about this all the time divorce is a project as we've talked about it takes so much time and energy and effort plus you've got your kids that you're going through this and to me it was like I just couldn't even fathom having energy time or space for yet another thing and so really it came from that I also it was strategic I knew that me being quickly coupled up or in other partnerships or in other things was not going to play well to the strategy and to the vision I had for my settlement and my divorce, Mm. that it just would only make things messier and more complicated. There's no need, right? So I just really took the opportunity to focus on my healing and the settlement and my kids. And so there was that, but you know, there's learning in it all. There's learning in it all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think what you were saying earlier about um, when you work with women about, you know, figuring out what their values are and, you know, boundaries and communication, like all of those things are really great to sort of have the a baseline of like what it is that you're really looking for and like how you understand yourself before you can really, you know, like be ready, at least for me, like to be ready to like even start dating again. It's kind of like, I need to figure out my life, like truly. Before I am ready to like
1: contribute to
0: another relationship,
1: I totally agree, and you need time, I needed time to try all the things, like okay, who am I? What do I like doing, and I tried everything like oh, pass and fails, whether it was tennis, zuma classes, and I knew you know do i do I like you know large groups or like more of a boutique feeling or a one to one like I tried. Every kind of different experience to really hone in what I like, when I like it, how I like it, though, those things too, I will say it actually practiced, you know, I was a people pleaser, right? So I had to practice asking for what I needed Mm -hmm. and being able to find that thing. So it was always practice that intentional. Okay. So I'm going to give two things and I'm going to ask for two things and just always trying to practice that reciprocity. Even Mm -hmm. if I would meet friends for coffee. Okay. Right. And just practice it in every situation and practice the boundaries. Like I just needed time to practice because I was so new at it Mm -hmm. and to do it with a human being that would throw me back into wife mode. I just knew I wasn't ready. Right. But when I was finally ready, I could tell you, you know, no, I want you to bring me coffee in bed every morning <laughs> right yeah. yeah i i require you to choose me every day and okay. what that looks like is the following <laughs> yeah. so it just it, it it really was important for me to know exactly what i want
0: i actually just recorded a podcast episode where i was saying like the very surprising thing to me after i got divorced was that i didn't know what i wanted like i mm-hmm. had no clue like down to like what it was I actually wanted to eat for like lunch that day. I had no, I could not like, I had no idea. I was like, I'm just going to feed myself. I need to know like what I want.
1: (laughs) Totally. This is what I love. Like in everything you do, it's like, what do I like? I was the same way. Oh my gosh. The things that Beth that I I'm like, well, I discovered, I really like to have my vegetables and smoothies (laughs) and in soups. Right. Yeah. I don't really love the steamed veg on the side. I always, you know, love the protein and the starch, but then I, the, you know, it's just like all these little things. I don't really love to set a table every night for my young children. I, I like to serve the food. And so there's less dishes and less mm. fuss. I actually found my dinner table to be the loneliest place on earth. When I first went through the divorce because I had such young kids, So all I was doing was sitting by myself with the empty chair that should be filled and grieving real sense of grieving and loss. And like getting into this pity party, because I was just basically like chirping at them with their manners. I got rid of the damn table. I was like, that's it. No more table. I turned it into a sitting room where we have the mode. We play cards. We play games. We read books. It's our happy hour spot. And we eat dinner at the breakfast bar at the dining room table. it's all good, but I hear you. And you know what the thing is with that, which is so interesting from a mindfulness perspective is that as women, we are told we are, it is prescribed to us in our culture to dull our intuition, Mm -hmm. to quiet what it is that we need or that we want. We're groomed to, you know, not be crazy. Not speak up for those things that don't matter. That's so emotional, you know. All these sort of gaslighting things that we start to subscribe to. So when we talk about, we're talking about people go, what? Like you're talking about your vegetables, your food, but it's that our intuition was pushed so far down that we really just hadn't a clue for what it was that we really wanted. Mm -hmm. How many times I googled authenticity? What Mm -hmm. is this word? Who? what do you mean authenticity? I, I don't know. What do I want? Do I want to live in the country with chicken coops or do I want an urban condo? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted both. I didn't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am like nodding. Yes. um, Because yeah, all of those things. And I thought I really thought that I knew what I wanted. Like, I I really thought like, you mentioned like authenticity, I thought I was being authentic. I thought my whole life had been very authentic. That was not the case for me.
1: So I love that you said that, Beth, because I think we have to give ourselves A little bit back here, though, because you know how we talked about in the beginning, it's entirely normal and natural to feel two opposing big emotions like, you know, sadness and joy at the same time. And then we start feeling uncomfortable and we start judging that. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that leading up to this and going through it, despite all the lows, all the lack of knowing and, you know, feeling depleted and all that stuff, I am a wildly capable, resourceful, smart Independent woman. That stuff has never left me. I've Mm -hmm. always been that. I was just down. And that's also why I like to, you know, it's not about changing. This isn't about changing. We are all those things. Mm -hmm. We're just burnt out. We're depleted. We haven't had an opportunity to come into full self-awareness. That's okay. Right. And that's why I love working with women because we might be down, but we're not out. And when we start Mm -hmm. to rise, it is magic. Like, look what you and I are doing. Every woman who I talk to that goes through this experience, their first inclination is how do I give back? Mm -hmm. How do I help another woman? I have scholarship programs. You wouldn't imagine. I will ask them, what can you afford to pay? And they will always say more than I would have ever thought. And then they always say, and I, when I have my settlement, the remainder, I would like to pay forward to another scholarship. Wow. Every time.
0: Yeah. Like women are amazing. And also divorce is not for the faint of heart, but I think that just like speaks so much to like who we are is like, we, we want to provide, we want to share this information. We don't want other people to experience the same thing that we did, which is in my experience was like isolation and just like feeling really lost, like, right.
1: So I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I I am sure you were the same. I just remember thinking to myself, if 50% of people go through this, there's got to be another way. Yeah. I remember Googling separation and two things came up. It was preparing you for being separated from a partner who may be leaving like military wives kind of thing that that separation that was going to happen and how to save your marriage. Mm. Those were the two things. Google, because at the time, remember, I didn't identify with divorce yet. I didn't know that it was going there yet. So me, but, and then later on when I Googled divorce lawyers came up Mm. and all the pressure of, you know, you better have a shark and you better, you know, all this stuff. And I knew that wasn't for me either. So I just, it really blew my mind that of all the things I had to work through in my life, I was always able to find the resources and information to Mm -hmm. get me through it but for something that so many of us go through that there was nothing. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: It's pretty wild. So you became yeah. that resource. So this
1: is it, just like <laughs> you, and now there's so many of us. And it's like, I, I, and I hear that all the time for people that are further down. I, you know, I wish there was this when I was going through it, but I think, I think, and this is why I'm so passionate about life beyond because divorced, you're right. Divorce doesn't stop when the ink is dry. You've got co-parenting, parallel parenting, blended families, dating, you know, professional pivots, all the things. And it's always a little bit different for those of us who have been through divorce Mm -hmm. because of our shared experience. And I think there's so much opportunity to support people in life beyond. I agree.
0: Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's just incredible. You are just such a light in the world. And like, I'm so excited that you're able to spend time with me today. Where can folks find you?
1: Yeah. So I, I just launched a book, which I'm super excited about. It's called make lemonade thrive through divorce by transforming your life. It's available wherever you purchase your books. Uh, my website is lemonade and I love to speak with people. And so never hesitate to email me at connect at lemonade And my favorite social media is Instagram. So that's lemonade life coach over there. And, uh, I just am so thrilled to be a part of this conversation and I really appreciate you holding space for the the taboo word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Same, thank you so much.